let's talk about it. Welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaming, feedism, and everything in their orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim, so let's get into it. Today we're welcoming to the show for the first time. Today we've got Arnold. Ooh, hello! Hello, hello. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? Everything's fine for me. <laughs> I hope it's, it's the same for you. Yeah, doing good on this end. You know, I, uh... I'm used to this as an Australian, this time of year beginning to get a little bit warm because that's how things work on the other side of the planet. I don't like the fact that it's still quite warm. <laughs> it's a bit uncomfortable. So we're struggling, but we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, and just to confirm, uh, because today we are talking about your experiences as a gentleman who is a gainer in France, uh, would we pronounce your name as Arnold or would we, uh, would we say like Arnaud? Like how, how do you like it said? Oh, make it French, Arnaud. It's okay. Not Ar the American way, Arnold. No. Oh. Arnaud, the French way. <laughs> Arnaud. Um, well, um, I haven't I haven't taken French since high school, so you know, my pronunciation is going to be really bad. Girl, shut up! You be sucking French dick all the live long day. You taking plenty of French? I don't think I have. I think I've only slept with one man who was who was French, and well, actually, he was he was he was from Quebec. So, oh, yeah, he, he spoke French, me. but he wasn't from France. So, ah, uh, so right now we are talking about the motherland. We are talking about the OG French. We are talking about. Oh, so Arnold, tell us, tell us about where in France you're from and tell us about like what the day-to-day -day life and culture is like. Everything's fine. I think uh, we live in a very beautiful country where there is a very pleasant way of life. And I'm also a French lover. I love visiting other countries, but I'm also uh, loving coming back to my motherland. So I. I can't, I can't see myself living in another country for the, the, the next years. No, I don't think so. Um, the day-to-day -day life is like, um, yeah, work is cool. Um, we got bars, we got restaurants with the best food in the world. We got a lot of choice. Um, we got many places to go uh, and to visit. Like, uh, if you want to go to the sea, just two hours far from Paris. You've got the mountain, which is three hours far. I got a country house. It's not so far also. Um, I enjoy having friends with me in those different places. Um, sometimes foreigners visiting France and I love to be there, uh, the guide for that. I love my job and the, this way of life and I don't want to change it. And if you want to visit for all the listeners, come to visit Paris. I plan to get there at some point. That's definitely on my bucket list. James and I, we have jokes all the time about how, like, I probably would have been a lot happier if I had been born a French woman, but I wasn't. I was born. <laughs> I was born in the U.S. So, and not that I'm saying that's a bad thing. It's just that, like, I, I, I kind of border on being a francophile. So, I, I was about to say, if there's like a, a discernible trait of Tim, it is francophilia. The man is uh, un unstoppable. 
in well, the food's good, the wine's good, the music's good, the language is good. Like, it's hard for me to dislike anything about it. The men are beautiful. The men are gorgeous. Let's not forget oh. when we do the socials at the end of this, y'all, you're going to get to see Arnaud for yourself, this beautiful, beautiful French gentleman. But I think it's really cool, actually, hearing you say that, you know, you have this love of returning to your motherland, this love of returning to where you're from, and that you couldn't necessarily see yourself living somewhere else. Because... Uh, as an Australian living in another country, that's not me, <laughs> you know, I, um, I, I, I never felt such a connection or such an identity with my Australian-ness. There are, there are aspects of culture I love and I live for and I think are astoundingly me, make me who I am, etc, etc. But I think it's such a wonderful thing to, to belong to a culture. And I think French culture and those different elements that make up something that is quintessentially French, those ideas around cheese and wine and, you know, the, the landscape and the architecture and fashion and music and, and, and all of those things, really. I think to, to belong to a culture that is so strongly recognisable, um, I think must be really, really wonderful to feel such a kinship and a homeness to, to where you're at. I mean, to, to challenge you here, is there an aspect of typical French culture that you maybe don't vibe with as strongly? It's maybe the, the French people. I love all the aspects of France, but maybe the one thing I will change is the French people, because <laughs> I love all all of all of, of the aspects of this culture. But um, like you, you you told us uh, about the wine, the the, the cheese, etc. Uh, I'm really connected to that. Um, the architecture. I studied architecture, and I love. Um, France because we got uh, a lot of things to see from different time and uh, different styles, which is also very interesting for um, modern and contemporary uh, creation. I'm kind of um, fond of meeting new people, people from other land, but to make them connect to French culture. It's not really, really interesting to to talk to French people who know everything uh, about this culture and who are not fond of discovering new things. I love talking to people who like uh, discovering new things and we got the, this uh, curious, uh, this curiosity of um, discovering new things, new countries, new culture. Uh, I love this this part of the, the, the thing of meeting new people. What is, do you think, the biggest misconception people have about France? The first misconception is thinking that all the French people love wine and they are all slim and they all live in Paris like Emily in Paris. To be honest, there's a really few people who live like Emily in Paris. Um, I got many friends here. I live in Paris for eight years now. Nobody lives in in a real apartment like that with uh, all this um, all this uh, luxury stuff uh, we live in a very small flat it's it's not very it's not a real dream to live in paris the dream about paris it's it's a culture it's a museum it's the world you got by the river it's all the restaurants all the the people you meet uh, all the connection you, you make with the other people uh, that's that's Paris, but it's not the way we we depict it on the on the radio, on the movies, on the on the stories. No, no, that's not that's not knowledge. 
uh, I think it's a misconception of, uh, of Paris and France. Um, also, France is very various. Uh, you've got many people living outside of Paris. So it's true that in Paris, a lot of people are slim, but in most of the country, most of the French people are, let's say, not fat, but um, they're not fond of fashion. They're not fond of being slim, of the way they look. They just live the way they want. It's kind of a stereotype to think all the French people live in Paris and Paris is a good representation of France. Uh, everybody is slim and wants to have a wine after work in, uh, next to the river scene. A lot of people just like me prefer beer uh, with friends in another, in another city. Um, I got to say that, you know, living over here in the United States and the way that French characters are often portrayed in film and television, <laughs> They're often like this sort of esoteric character who shows up out of nowhere and speaks with a heavy accent and is like constantly smoking and, you know, is like uh, very sexually open. And <laughs> I don't know where Americans got this idea of the French being that way. I mean, do you think that um, at any point, like any of the uh, sort of propaganda or advertisement that has come out of France has led to that opinion? We, we are really sexually open. <laughs> that's true uh, i knew it yeah you were right uh um, tickets tomorrow i know right i'm like see you're ticking off all the boxes here man like i can't think of a single thing that's like negative about it that's a secret to make it clear yeah i think that french people are more sexually open than some other people that i've met uh, i've met a lot of uh people from other countries in Europe or American people, uh, not so much from Asia or Africa. But yeah, I think we are more open on, on, that, on that topic. The French people are smokers. That's still true, but it's also in Paris. Mm. If you go in another city, there's less smokers. But in Paris, you got still a lot of uh, young smokers. Um, yeah, that's true. The idea is, I think that was a way of life in France in the 60s or the 70s, which has been uh, very popular in the movies and that you got uh, in other countries. You got this picture of France from the 60s or the 70s. Um, it's hard to change uh, this picture in people's minds. So it's really that we haven't updated our uh, perception of, you know, modern Paris, modern France. Like we... I guess we have this sort of old-timey opinion of it. Like, I, I don't know, maybe like pre-World War II idea of France. Yeah, uh, people and, and the country has changed. And we, we got to, to have an update about that. Yeah, I think that's the main idea. Hmm. That makes sense. I mean, I, I feel like people still talk about like, you know, uh, Josephine Baker and um, Edith Piaf as like, as if they're, not to say that they're not timeless performers themselves but as if they're maybe more contemporary right even though they happened like a hundred years ago um that, that they are fabulous and to anyone by the way who's looking for a delightfully plus-sized uh, uh french male in the media perhaps to look at uh gerard Depardieu, i would say is gorgeous you know maybe a bit stereotypical again he fits all the tropes but you know he's beautiful thick man beautiful beautiful handsome gorgeous uh, delicious man, you know, and as you mentioned, 
you know, and I think this is kind of similar with the UK. Like people come to London, they come to London, go in it. They come to London and London is London. It's not, it's not England and it's not the UK. It is its own thing. And I imagine Paris, I, I have been to Paris once or twice before. I think maybe it's a little bit the same. I'd love to see France outside of Paris, you know? Um, but you mentioned how like outside of Paris, you know, people maybe aren't so stereotypically thin. People are a little on the bigger side. I'm curious to know what are the resources like when you're on the larger side? Is there a lot of access to clothing and, you know, public transport maybe and things like that? What is that like? It's part of the stereotype that when you live in Paris, everybody lives for himself or herself. I mean, they don't judge you, they don't look at you, you can live your way. But if you are in a party or something like that uh, with other people in a group, then people will be judging you. That's that's also Paris. You, you can't have that sort of comportment outside of Paris. Paris is Paris, and as you said, it's not France. It's not the rest of, of the of the country. It's not the rest of Europe, I think, in, in, in the same way. It's a problem of the big city. I think you're not yourself in those uh, big cities. But there's not really a judgment about the way you are in Paris. There's still a, a free way of life. There's still liberty to be who you are, who you want, um, the way you dress, the way you are. Um, it's your problem. I think it's you for you it's not the problem of the others and i and i like that it kind of defies this uh stereotypical convention because as you say like one of those stereotypes is that there is a lot of judgment or expectation to conform to a very specific way of being and you know within gaining that is ultimately countercultural. you know like gaining always flies in the face of those cultural norms and expectations so uh, Curious, curious to ask you, because as you say, you like to meet people from other places, you like to learn about other places. What is the kind of par Parisian French perspective of like gaining in other places? You've got the free of speech, you've got the, this freedom of speech in other countries that you don't, you don't have in France. If it's for yourself and you don't talk to anyone, there's no problem. You can do what, what, everything you want. You can gain uh, a lot of it for yourself. But you don't have to talk about it. You you got it? I think it's something more acceptable in other country. In France, you can't talk about that. It's like a secret. It's for yourself. Don't don't tell the others about that. That's that's your secret garden. Uh, you know, that's really different. When I talk to other people, especially from America, there's no problem about gaining. Uh, in France, it's kind of a secret for a lot of people, a secret for for the gay people, for the gay community, uh, it's a secret also for the friends and, of course, for the family. I guess it's the same from for the other people all around the world. It's even, there's even more pressure on, in France for that. It's not really my my case. Cause I got friends we know about gaining a journey. They are people I've met that know exactly what I'm doing with my body and with my life. But what I met other gainers in uh, in France, in a bar or in a restaurant. It's kind of a uh, a very secret thing. It's not the main topic. That's something you have to be quiet about. That's that's really strange. And that's something I don't really like. Uh, I think we got to do a lot of things uh, to make it more popular 
talk about it. It's still a, it's still a secret in France. I find that really fascinating because like, as you had said, you know, um, culturally you guys are a bit more sexually open. So you would think that like kink and fetish, they wouldn't bat an eyelash at that. They'd be like, oh yeah, of course you are. You're human. So you're going to be into all kinds of kinky things. So for it to still kind of be that dirty little secret that people are holding on to, you know, like I'm, I'm very accustomed to that coming from the U.S. because I've said before on the podcast that despite the fact that um, sex is the number one seller of any product in this country, we act like we are prudes. We act like we are a prudish nation, that we don't have sex, that and if we, and if we do, it's only to procreate. Like, so I'm I'm um, fascinated by the fact that it's even for people in France, it seems like it would be a country all about decadence and um, openness and you know promiscuity. That you guys also have to keep it a secret. Yeah, people are sexually open, but there's a difference between sexual life and your way of life. I mean, in general, you can be very open, uh, open-minded uh, about sexuality, but you can be very strict about uh, the way you live and being healthy uh, is very important for you. But the night, you can be queen of the whore. That's that the thing, that's the thing. Because if you come to a gay bar and you say, oh, tonight is my night, I want to see all the boys in a line. Yeah, but you're fat. Look at yourself. They can do what you ever dream about, but look at you. Yeah. So there's still pressure about the way you look and your body. Yeah, it, it comes back to points we've talked about oftentimes on the podcast that a lot of people really do underestimate the effect that weight has on public perception. You know, and sometimes we as gainers, especially those of us who live in the West, typically forget that because like it or lump it, even if we can, even if we can accept, oh, I live in a country where, yeah, there's fat phobia, like, like uh, there are bear bars aplenty, there are chub parties, there are there are dance halls, there are things that go on where like if I really wanted to get my chub on in a social and public space, there is no shortage in the right spaces here in the UK. Same thing in America, there is a lot more of this push. But when you go into those smaller places and into those places that still adhere to a very culturally typical approach to weight and body, yeah, like it and, it, and it will get you if you are not prepared for it. And it also becomes a deterrent, right? Like you might be thinking, gosh, I'm feeling really good in my body. I'm feeling thick and fat and beautiful. And I want to go out and, 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 and dance and eat and drink and celebrate. But I can't because if I do, someone's going to say something and that is going to just deflate my, my hot air balloon. That is going to really get to me. And that that's what a lot of people right that's what a lot of people are experiencing in their hometowns in their local bars so i think it's an important conversation to bring up because as you say tim there is this idea that france could be a bit of a haven a bit of a place of freedom to say oh i'll just go here and be celebrated and it'll all be fine but actually hold your horses y'all might need to take another second doesn't mean don't go doesn't mean don't go and have fun but it does mean Let's unpack those stereotypes, those expectations, and let's have a conversation about the real, real that people are going through. It's times like this that I am reminded how much you still need to deconstruct my American centrism <laughs> because 
you know, like I said, spending 40 years in this country, you know, being a, a consumer of media and thinking that France is just this hedonistic free for all. It's like, you know, it, it's, it, it takes talking to other people who actually live there to be like, no, actually, that's just propaganda that your country comes up with. Exactly. So I am curious. I know you mentioned like when you go out with other gainers, it's this kind of like unspoken thing. But can you tell us a little bit more? Like, what is the gainer culture like in France? So it's a uh, it's kind of a long story. A long story because I've been on the um, on the Chrome on the website for ten years now. So I was just uh, a young boy at the time. I was eighteen years old. Uh, I just got my diploma, I was going to the university, and I joined the gainer community at the time. At the time, we were like a very few people in France who got a profile on the internet, on the page. And it was really um, a secret thing, thing uh, about that. Uh, we were happy to speak to, to talk to the other meeting people, because I've met a friend at the time, 10 years ago. Who was also interested in gaining, and it was really a very good memory to meet someone who was feeling the way you were feeling about uh, gaining. And we got the same interest, but it was something really, really shy at the beginning. And in ten years, I've seen that the community grows, grows just like my baby. But there were also um, a few points that make me still depressed about it because there were a lot of gainers in France, a lot of encouragers now coming on the website and the community, but they were just like the others being shy. Everybody's in their place and shy to, to meet the others. There were very few people who were there at the beginning wanted to see the others and make parties to make a nice out that was really depressing thing to see that there's a, a very few people who want to to make a real community a restaurant tonight and meet the others to have meeting a meeting calendar uh, with the other uh, gainers of the community and it's still the case now because for five years now we got uh, events every year every summer every every winter but it's also the, the same 20 people in France. We got many people in the community. It's the same you see every year. So it's cool to see them, to meet them, to talk to them, to share a beer, to share a plate, to share a meal, etc. But there's still this problem of a very, a very small community in France because the others keep it for them and don't want to make it public. That's kind of um, a press, uh, pressure of the society of the family, uh, of friends, and they don't want to share it. And I don't know what to do about them. It's still that something that makes me feel sad about it. I mean, girl, if you find out the answer, you better let me know. Because I feel like everywhere you look, you know, there are people who do not feel comfortable owning their gaining in a more public way. And listen, kids, we are not talking about... Uh, going on TV and, uh, you know, fucking lifting up your shirts and jiggling your fat titties for the audience. It's like, we're not talking about that, right? But, like, there is something to be said, and I can vouch for this. You'll know that Tim and I caught up for his birthday. You'll see me posting on Instagram that I meet up with gainers all the time. 
the whole point of like taking photos with people, face photos and tagging them and posting it to my Instagram is veritable proof to say, look y'all, here's another one who is not afraid to show his face. He will go and get a meal with you. He is a fun person. Hit him up and go get dinner. I mean, Tim, you, I feel like you've commented on this before trying to, you know, like put together a grom off or something like that. And it was just like, people weren't really being respect, uh, receptive. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it wasn't so much that I, uh, cause I didn't go through grommer to become a host or anything. I just basically was trying to get locals to me interested. So I would post, um, you know, to my page that like, Hey, uh, if you guys wanted to go out, if anyone wanted to go out and have a drink at a bar or go to, um, like there's this, uh, um, arcade place that I like to go a lot. Um, you know, I was just saying like, I'm going to be in this place at this time on this day and no responses. Uh, nobody showed up. The one time I did get kind of successful doing something for a food festival. Uh, I had about five to six people show up. I think one one member from the group left and then another one came in so i think in total I, it was maybe about six people um so i mean that was great you know and i knew i think four of them so these were people i had talked to before uh, i think that helped in having them show up is that they knew me i just wish that people would take bigger chances with that because yeah i know socializing with a stranger can be very intimidating but like with me i i'm i'm a people person i enjoy talking you know, and if if talking is something that is a struggle for you, I understand why they don't want to show up. But just like I said, take a chance, man, because you don't know what could happen. But I know you need to tell me, baby, tell me about your favorite everything's right. Everything French, but we want to keep it French. Right. Tell me about your favorite French snack, drink, meal, dessert. Ooh, that's a, a very hard question. There's a plenty of answers to do. So for the first question you ask, uh, let's say that the typical French meal I love is the meal that we have on Sundays with the family. It's a French fries with piece of meat. It could be chicken, it could be beef, but the French fries with the meat on Sunday. On Sunday. Oh, that was the thing. We also had a glass or a bottle of wine, but that, uh, it depends on the people, but that's really typical of the French culture. Uh, French fries for Sundays, salad also if you are healthy. But that's that's really really important to me because it's uh, a memory of my childhood, of my teenage years. It's typical and I love it. A snack, a French snack. Uh, that's another. The second question. Let's say a sandwich. I'm I'm full of sandwiches because you got plenty of cheese in France and you can do lovely sandwiches with that. When I have not so much time at work, I got sandwiches with a, with a cheese I really love and I change every every day. And that's, that's my pleasure every day. That's my everyday routine, but my little pleasure of the day. For the dessert, a cake with fruit. Those French pastries, are delicious. I can't say that something better than another. Something with fruits. I'm not fond of chocolate. Um, maybe I got something with lemon. A perfect meal. You got the French fries with chicken and a dessert based uh, with the lemon. That's it. Girl, you done made me hungry. Goddamn. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, I thinking of thinking of French dessert, I'm thinking of like you know creme brulee and pain au chocolat, and like I'm just like. Oh, I'm getting hungry again. Yeah. Uh, as a random question, did y'all like the, the, the croissant 
meme that went around on TikTok for a bit. You just want me to say croissant, the French way. Croissant. Oh, I love it. But it is it's great. We were, although, do you know what? That brings up a topic. Like, we talked about this recently. Like, you know, um, non-native speakers, let's say. Like, um, okay, in America, there's an example. You would have seen uh, Ab Fab, the British TV series from the 90s and 2000s. So you know, sweetie, you know, sweetie, that she only wears La Croix. Sweetie, La Croix. And in America, they decided to take the name La Croix and make it into a drink, but they didn't tell nobody how to say it. And so they call it La Croix. I think if I'm not wrong, La Croix or La Croix water, as we pronounce it over here, is not actually named after the designer. It's named after the island in the Caribbean, St. Croix, as we call it. I think that it comes from that. And not actually from the designer, well, which I am kind of curious as a person who has watched that TV show all growing up, is Christian Lacroix really that popular? Like, is he that popular in France as a designer? Because you never know. You never know how popular something is when you hear it on a television show. You don't know if it's a stereotype or if it's being true. Yeah, it's still very famous because uh, we got a lot of trains. Transportation system is very popular in France mm. and a lot of TGV of trains were renovated and designed by Christian Lacroix okay. and it was less, just like signature Christian Lacroix it was very popular in France yeah but it's still it's still very famous I think the same thing happened over here with Eddie Bauer I think Eddie Bauer now designs the interior of cars I mean girly it's still a fabric it's still yeah it's weird though it's like Eddie Bauer, like, I remember from the early 90s, like, you know, big deal catwalks and, and runways and everything. And now I think he designs the inside of cars. So it's strange. And, and quoi, you know, like, la quoi, sweetie, la quoi. Like, it's just, it just sounds so French when you say it. And you do, and it's funny, I gotta say, like, I do say, I do feel fancy when I say, oh, sweetie, it's la quoi. La quoi. La quoi. <clears throat> now you want something, you want to hear something funny, ask an American, one, if they know what la quoi is, and two, if they know how to spell it. That's like, that's like, you know, I, I can't remember what it was, but someone, it was one of those things that like, it, it's trying to poke fun at Americans for being horrible at, you know, grammar, pronunciation, vocabulary. And they were like, well, how do how would you spell check? You know, like writing a check, C-H-E-Q. <laughs> I'm trying to get a check. I mean, the best part about that is there's actually three ways. It's like the Sean of uh, descriptive words, because you could write a check C-H-E-Q-U-E. I'm just going to check my wallet for cash. C-H-E-C-K. Oh, I left it in my apartment. I will ask my check housemate to bring it. C-Z-E-C-H. Like, girly, they're, they're, they had options. They still didn't get it right. But anyways, I was going to say before, I feel like I see far too many gainers basically being like, I don't know how to like put calories into the food I make. Girl, you remember all my drama with that damn chocolate mousse? That is some of the hardest, most labor intensive shit to make. It's fantastic, but it, it could take you all day. Oh yeah, and didn't people used to say that like the most difficult dish to make was a souffle? I still have not attempted that. I'm too scared. To I, don't I, I don't want it to fall and turn into a pile of crap. I never tried a souffle. The only dishes, the only like original Australian like dishes that we have are desserts. So we have something called a pavlova, which is basically meringue. And I believe meringue is a French invention, right? It's a, it's a Frenchin, a French invention. Yeah, 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 that's it. 
Um, so pavlova is just two layers of meringue with like whipped cream in the middle and then like fresh fruit done on top, powdered sugar girl. Like it's fabulous. It's nothing but like fat fruit and empty calories. Gorgeous. But also I just love, I really love good French cheese. Like I love, um, like I, Capri de Doux, I think has got to be one of my favorite. Like it's a table fucking cheese. It's advertised as a table cheese. It sits on the table. Like, what do you mean a table cheese like it just sits there and then when you want cheese like you just cut into it cut a slice lay it on bread eat it that's my way of life <laughs> well bitch i'm i'm coming and when i visit you better you better have that fucking table cheese tip wine ready for me table beer bitch i'm gonna drink it all i'm gonna eat it all i'm enjoying and then we'll have a meringue with a lemon pie Tim, are you going to be joining us for this lemon rank pie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know that, like, you know, I've told you this, my my fantasy of, you know, hopefully I can do this on one of my birthdays, whichever one it happens to be, but I want to be like, sitting on a rooftop, maybe in Montmartre or something like that, listening to Edith Piaf, drinking wine, <laughs> and smoking a cigarette and <laughs> you can see the Eiffel Tower and Moulin Rouge in the exact same like line of sight. Mm -hmm. You're wearing your beret. No, no, no. I wouldn't wear a beret. I don't think they look good on me. Also, what do you call that cigarette stick that people have? Like they've got the cigarette, but they put it on the end of a stick, so it comes like. I thought it was just called a cigarette holder. That was it. Okay. Oh my gosh, but listen, I'm such a fan of French food, so strong recommendation to any gainers listening, if you don't know what to make, just look up some French recipes, and like, the amount of delicious like stews, casseroles, truly like, just simple throw together meals that you can make that are of a French base, into a pot, leave it for eight hours on a slow cook, you take it out, it's a fantastic dinner that makes as many portions as you want it to make, um, and it's high calorie, you know, delicious, delicious stuff. I did want to ask as a bit of an aside. I know I mentioned Gerard Depardieu. Are there any like French characters, like actors, uh, cartoon characters, people that were on TV, figures, movies, anything like that, that were of a French origin that maybe inspired your desires for growth when you were growing up? Um, no, there's no really French uh, celebrity or person that inspired me to grow or something like that. Because it's mostly the dad bod that inspired me at first. Then I've looked to the other side of the Atlantic Ocean for bigger vessel. There's no French, really fat French celebrity who inspired me. They are very obese and fat uh, French celebrity, but they were like old and not really sexy to me. So no, I was looking for younger people, uh, and it was miles away I, I always find it interesting like what someone's uh inception is when it comes to gaining many people in my age bracket you know people who uh, around 30 will know the santa claus back when you was like five six seven eight years old you was watching that and going hmm i'm really 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 interested in this scene where he's jogging on the treadmill and his belly's hanging out of his pants um, I don't know what this means, but I'm sure I'll get over this eventually and not obsess over this for the next 30 years of my life. So, you know, I, I always think it's interesting what that what that inception looks like. Um, and to pivot from there, actually, because I know we talked a little bit about, you know, our 
Tim and I on this uh, on this episode trying our best to maintain uh, French pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, and I know I'm, I'm I know I'm butchering it. I know I am. <laughs> but I am curious to ask, like, is there like a a sort of French phrase of gaining? Right, like I suppose, like in English, obviously we would say to someone like, "Oh, you're looking so big and beautiful, so fat and husky and chubby and blubbery," and you know, there's words that we use, but like in French, like what is your favorite way of basically saying to a guy, "Oof, you're looking fat and sexy." I think uh, this French word is "grassouillet." Grassouillet. Which means you are a little bit of fat. You got fat. It sees that you're fat, but it's the beginning. It's just the beginning. You're grassouillet. Like the first. Oh, so it's like French dad bod. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of a dad bod. But you can be grassouillet when you're when you're really young. Um, it's just the beginning of fatness. Yeah, puppy fat, first 15 pounds, very, very that kind of a thing. Okay. And is that, sorry, to get it right, is that like a, a CL, like CLA, or is it a CR, CRA? Uh, like, I think, it, I think it started with a G, right? It's a G. Oh, a G, like a G, a glassier. 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 G R A R. I heard um, the I heard the R roll. Yeah, uh, yes. I double Okay. Honestly, you know what? A man could cuss me out in French, and I'd probably be turned out turned on by it because, like, that is the only language that I have ever heard. Like, you can yell in it aggressively, and it still sounds pretty. You're still you're both cute and grassouillet, for oh. example. Ooh, grassouillet, well, girl, grassouillet, you too, girl. Oh. See, French is beautiful. Like you say it, I'm just like, oh, come on now, Samson. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like he could be reading me for filth and I'd be like, yes, please more. Thank you. <laughs> now I was going to ask, I know you mentioned, um, cause, cause I was going to ask like changes you might want to see in the French gaming community. And I know you've kind of mentioned, we talked about this a little bit today, right? Like this idea of wanting people to just come out of their shells a little bit more, wanting to be just a little more sociable kind of pushing it just a just a little bit it doesn't have to be a big bit but i want to i want to take a variation on that and ask you what are some things you think that the average french gainer or really any gainer could do to start taking those first steps to being just a little more open about their gaining sexuality with socially friends and people in the community maybe the first thing to do before joining groups and events with a lot of people, crowded, crowded events, is to make a first step by meeting one people you talk a lot with, maybe a friend or some, someone you, you trust in, and have a drink with him and talk. Maybe join just one person or two, then before joining the group, have a drink, have a, have a meal, something, just a little time, then join the rest of the group, and you'll be more comfortable with yourself and with your your kink or sexuality, which obviously are connected, related to. And yeah, but start with someone you trust in. I like that. I like any any opportunity people can have to to step forward a little bit more. I think is good, and you know, to to kind of piggyback off that. 
um, I, I did events at, at a time in the past and I would encourage people always to connect with other people who are also new. If you've never been before and you're on that event page and it's like, put a post that says, I've actually never been to a Gromoff before. Is there anyone else who it's their first time? And then connect with those people because you're both going to be little nervous little bunnies, but you know that that other person has also never been. So there's no expectation to perform. You can just meet someone brand new and say, okay, well, we're both new. And, you know, if we meet up beforehand for a little drink or a little hangout, then you know what? Actually, we, we can chill. And then I've got a buddy that I can go with and it's going to be so much more relaxing, you know? So definitely encourage people, uh, take those kinds of opportunities, meet the new people, build yourself up a bit before you throw yourself out there, but definitely get yourself out there. Um, well, listen, this Arnold has been an incredible opportunity to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. And to close it out here, I want to ask you, when it comes to the experience of being French, right? What is like one question about your life, about the French experience, your life in France that people never think to ask, but you want people to ask you? What is that question? Would you change anything to your life? That may be the question. Well, uh, would you change anything to your life? For now, absolutely not. Well, you look very fat and content sat there in your chair there at home, but I think this is a wonderful place to round things out. Tim? Oh, I just had one question. It's not to do with gaining. This is just me asking a Francophile question. And I don't know if you know, but how is Notre Dame doing? Is is uh, like are they have they been able to get in there and do a lot of reconstruction? Like have they managed to repair the damage from the fire, or is it still like pretty bad and off limits? Oh, it's going well. It's going well. I think we'll be able to visit Notre Dame uh, in two years. I think that's what the the newspaper told us. In two years, it will be okay. So come in Paris in two years. Well, that sounds fantastic. A, a party in Paris, y'all, a fat boy shindig. It's going down in two years. We're going to be uh, stuffing pastries and having a good old time, and I cannot wait. But you know what? That brings us to the end of another week here on Thick Radio. But, Arnold, this is your moment. Where can the listeners find you online? You can join me on Grommer with the nickname TBB um, and also on Instagram. Uh, with French baguettes. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. But that's it for another week here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave us a good review. Now, if you liked this episode, the podcast, or just us in general, please share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. You can find me on Instagram, Beefy Frat, Stuff and Show, and Oh My Nom at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Beefy Frat at Thicky Mouse. You can also look us up on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Thick Radio or at our website at www.podpage.com forward slash Thick Radio. If you want to submit a voice note or become a supporter of the show, you can find the links in the show notes. And if you have any questions or ideas for episodes, you can reach us at thethickradio at gmail.com. So until next time, bye fats. Bye fats. Let's talk about it. Thick Radio is a Patreon and Anchor app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next and Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lucky Two. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Training.